We have hope. Hope that things can get better. And they will. You called it Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle cast, welcome to The Bizzle's Daily Rebels. This is Rebels Season 2, Episode 16 or 17, depending on how you are counting it. This, my friends, is the Honorable Ones, which is, to me, by being an extremely small episode on the surface, ends up being the best episode of the series as an adult who loves film and deep character study that is understated the 15 minutes or so that Zeb and Callisp, uh, voiced by Steve Blum and David Oyelowo, uh, yes, that David Oyelowo, um, the two of those guys respectively. Is, is what I live for in TV and movies. You know, you guys know I love Joss Whedon and I'm constantly praising him, but the bottom line is, as funny as he is, as much as I love his humor, without the the touching, uh, but, you know, but cheeky character stuff, it, it wouldn't be what it is. And the, and the humor in Rebels doesn't always hit, but because the character stuff hits almost all the time, I am I am totally fine with that. I mean, season four in general has trouble with, with jokes, uh, more so than the other three seasons, but the character stuff is just is so on point. So one thing that always surprised me when I rewatch this episode is how long it takes for the Zeb Callus arc to start. You think it's going to just be like 30 seconds from here, but there's actually a couple minutes of, I think, stuff goes on before they end up down there. It's going to be hard to do a ton of commentary because... The, the the dialogue that they have with each other while stuck is you know defines everything about the rebellion everything about the empire but some of the gray areas and the people that get cut up in these conflicts and it's it, it's you know thematically it's very related to rogue one And in, in what if the rebels are willing to use violence and the rebels have a cause, just like the Empire, what makes them different? What makes them different is how they treat other people and how other people treat them. And that is in very st- stark contrast to Callus's life in the Empire, where no one particularly likes or trusts each other. Now, again, I will say right now that while I've completely bought the turn, you know, as much or more than like the Brody turn in Homeland, I, I totally bought this turn by Callus a few episodes down the road because of this, this exchange about to come up. Um, but I've complained about lack of Callus and David Oyelowo on season four. I think they just couldn't book him enough and he's too expensive, which is a shame. And when they have him, he's like... Still, like, kind of a cocky dick, but they don't have enough screen time with him. Uh, I haven't finished my season four rewatch, but it doesn't seem like they have enough screen time with Callus to do the arc of, like, being a cocky asshole to, like, being a cocky (laughs) nice guy. 
they could have had him get captured by the Empire and tortured, and they have to rescue him once again. And that really, you know, pushing him completely towards more humility and understanding the horrible things that he did. So for people who don't like the episode because after this great early action scene, it's like slow somehow. If you don't love, you don't love that character building stuff, then you know that's a personal personal taste thing. I, I I can't argue with you. I don't agree, but I can't argue with you. Um, man, this this is some great ship shooting the walkers. But the fact that Kellis doesn't play such a key role once he turns to the good guys is, uh, you know. So it was a wasted opportunity, and Callus has never fully realized as either a good guy or bad guy, but that's fine, because it helps Zeb, and that's the important thing. I mean, it helps Zeb in the show, but also helps Zeb as a character, as a viewer. Wow, I'm just watching this gloriousness. They know how to break out the fireworks over at Lucasfilm when they need to. That's for goddamn sure. Right, find them. It's all Chopper's responsibility. Even though Zeb and Chopper are constantly beating each other up. So here we go. I mean, this is something you would see in Battlestar Galactica or Breaking Bad. If you want to go non-genre. Uh, one of the better, you know, Star Trek Next Generation or Deep Space Nine episodes, you would definitely see something like this. You know, isolate two secondary but important characters that we've been wanting to see more of. Start to confront head-on, uh, or not just start, confront head-on a, a really contentious relationship that these guys have based on the history of their two people, so to speak. Callus being maybe an agent of the genocide on uh, Lasat, and Callus tries to talk like the evil. We're gonna win no matter what. I'm gonna beat you no matter what. Imperial propaganda thing. No, throughout the episode, as time goes on, he starts to just talk like a normal person. Zeb, of course, talking like Zeb right from the beginning, and that's the whole point. Zeb doesn't Zeb doesn't look in the mirror like Kayla Callis does at the end of this or no in, in the episode coming up where he's thinking of you know f- finally turning um, and joining the good guys. Uh, I guess that's in season three. Um, but you know Zeb doesn't have a split identity issue. He's he has his demons. He's dealt with a bunch of them in a couple episodes ago in, in the Legends of the Lasat. But, you know, he is who he is. He's fighting for a cause that he believes in and with people that he loves and he believes in them. Callus has none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Callus thinks he's so dumb that he didn't know that this was the moon and not the actual planet. Uh, I didn't mention that it's Geonosis and this is going to factor in big time in season three when they meet up with Sagrera coming back to Geonosis to figure out what super weapon was involved in the extermination of those people who helped build the super weapon, which is crazy to think about, but not, I mean, actually historically that's, that's pretty on point. 
Right, whatever we're sharing this hole with. So here's, you know, Callus <laughs> saying that you'll get a fair trial, which, of course, is never going to happen. And, you know, Zeb knows what happens to Lasat and Imperial prisons, much like Wookiees. Everyone hates them, not just the Empire, for whatever reason. But the fear, uh, you know... The, the the increased fear of being in this situation makes Callus's hollow, empty threats even more hollow and empty as it goes along. And this is a nice little touch here. I was paying attention to it when, when I rewatched it. It was like, okay, I know they're going to have to intercut a little bit to the ghost crew looking for him. But after she says one all skins, I mean, it's about five seconds and then right back on the planet. You know, it was really, really smart to spend this almost entire episode with these two and this is a cool test you know Zeb's basically saying and Kyle hasn't picked up on it yet Zeb's basically saying alright well let let the best man's people win you know like like, who's more loyal the the empire or my rebels we'll see who comes to get me first and of course the rebels are looking for zeb much harder than the empire is looking for for callus that gets a mir- miracle callus gets picked up it shows you how important they still consider him at this point if he was just a tie fighter pilot obviously they wouldn't spend two seconds I'm sure it wasn't too far out of their way. Otherwise, the Empire wouldn't bother. they just promote someone else to be an agent. Never really learn. Um, I guess we learn when, when Thrawn brings in um, Yularen, Admiral Yularen, is that his name? Uh, to help ferret out the traitor. And we learn that Yularen trains the special agent, and Kallus is one of his best students. And so he was blinded by Kallus being a traitor, which of course he wasn't. Thrawn, you know, accuses everyone of having the wolf thrown over their eyes, but the reality is, he's working very hard for the Empire up until this point. Yep, you're so quick to give up hope, says the rebel to the Imperial, right? That's, that's what the rebels have that the Empire doesn't. You know, you can be the most powerful person ever, with your giant fleets and huge armies, but stuck here on a planet. You know, can you survive, and and do you have the will to survive? That's why so many Imperials wilt under the pressure, under the fear, will convert, like the governor of Lothal did, and was it season one or earlier this season? I guess it was earlier this season, and then (laughs) Callus murders her before she can uh, switch sides. This was important, though, because Zeb's, you know, Zeb's been right about everything so far, and he will be right again after this, but... Him just trying to climb his way up with everything just shows that there's still a bit of stubbornness and maybe lack of intelligence to Zeb. You know, what we learned in the Legends of the Lasad episode a few episodes ago is that he is very dense. It's not just on the surface, but because of his age and experience, he does have a wisdom to him that just is is buried and doesn't always come out. This is an awesome looking creature. I love this. I'm not even sure what to compare this to. I mean, again, it looks like a fantasy creature. Um, It's like a dragon mixed with a griffin mixed with like a giant bird of some sort.
But you had to have the common enemy for the two of them to fight against. And, uh, you know, a, a giant beast trying to kill both of them was, was exactly the thing. Callus has numerous chances to kill Zeb or let Zeb die. This is the first time he starts defending Zeb, I guess. Although at this point, he's still helping himself, because if the, the creature eats Zeb, he's even more screwed than, than he already is. Music swells, we get some cool cinematic shots of them shooting together. Yep, side by side with their two Lassat, um war bows or whatever those are. They're like bow staffs with a laser. I guess very similar to what uh, Chirrut has. Actually, I never really thought about that. Chirrut's is called a light bow, but of course he hides it in his, his staff that he can also <laughs> kick ass with, just like these guys. Right, the weak need to perish. Here it comes. Here's the straight talk. The only thing I know about Geonosis is that they're gone. I never ask questions exactly. This is the core argument here. Is rebels always ask the tough questions. That's what makes them rebels. The Imperial doesn't. Imperials don't. Chase the answers and maybe you'll learn the truth. There's wisdom from from newly matured Zeb. Zeb says you'll... He says, you'll never get out of here without my help. Um, I'm not sure if that's true, even logistically. I guess Callus is the one who thinks to climb up the pillars. <laughs> when Zeb, you know, Zeb's like, the pillars never carry our weight. And Callus uh, <laughs> points out the obvious, which is it's holding up this entire cavern. Of course it'll hold our weight, dummy. He tapes his his uh, bow staff to the leg as a uh, yeah. I yeah, I missed the important very first line between the two of them when Callus is injured and prone and Zeb just is holding the gun right up against his face and and Zeb's basically like as much as I would love to do this I'd rather you get healthy first and then continue our fair fight you know that's the on- the honorability of uh, of Callus. And not murdering someone who's who's on the ground and injured. This was about him doing the, yeah, yeah. This was about the duty, uh, you know, to when he was on Lasat and he was following orders, and you know, he killed a, a Lasat warrior mano a mano, and the guy gifted it to him because it's part of their culture. Uh, here comes Saad Guerrera and, and Lasat mercenary, so not just a straight defender of Lasat, and talks about how he murdered all of his people. He did what Zeb didn't do. You know, Zeb doesn't kill the man while he's down. This Lasat mercenary blew, you know, blew up the whole area. But then the injured and the and the weak, he, he murdered all of them. And this is, you know. <laughs> Kind of a bullshit moral play from Kalos, who's done so many worse things. But the fact that Zeb feels guilty, you know, and, and you know that the response of Kalos is going to be what it is, which is, well, if you can't judge all the sots the same, you can judge all Imperials the same. I think Zeb says, I keep missing all the lines, Zeb says something like, all the Imperials I know, you know, it's like, one, one is a species. 
You know what I mean? It's like saying you can't judge all Germans to be Nazis, assume all Germans are Nazis, even during the Nazi regime, but all Nazis are Nazis. You know? Meaning Zeb would have no sympathy for Lasats who were serving the Empire either. In fact, he'd probably have less sympathy for them and and be, be more angered and want to take them out. This is a hilarious image, the piggyback ride up the pillar. Now, of course, there's much speculation about whether these two are uh, become lovers during season four. And of course, spoiler alert, at the very end of season four, he, as I, I think myself and many predicted, he goes with... Uh, Zeb to their to his hidden planet, and meets like Zeb's extended family and all those people, and it looks like you know introducing your significant other to the family. It, it, it really, I mean, they don't push it any harder than that on the audience, but it, they're certainly not, you know, they're they're leaning into it as they say a little bit, which is totally cool with me, obviously. Oscar Isaac and company keep telling us different things about Poe's sexuality, and Oscar Isaac continues to insist that he wants to play him as sort of pansexual, uh, just as we've, you know, there was some controversy when Jonathan Kasdan, you know, who co-wrote with his dad, Lawrence Kasdan, solo, um, or one of the Kasdans, or both of the Kasdans talk about Lando being pansexual with the robot, and pansexual people got mad about that or whatever, and, you know... I I whatever, I don't want to get embroiled in that in that debate, but having any of these characters, especially ones that are really loved, like Lando Calrissian, but even ones that you know the the, the hardcore fans like us love, like these two characters, you know, to have them have the uh, the possibility of the appearance of a somewhat fluid sexuality is, is very progressive compared to what Disney used it to. That's for sure. Just ask Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, God. I'd rather freeze than be eaten. Yeah, there's the gun. Gives it to him. Yeah. Now he's had, they've both had multiple chances to kill each other. They haven't done it. So now there's no question that they're going to help each other survive. And what's great is Zeb, after all of this, offers for Callus to come with him. And he flips the whole, you'll get a fair trial by saying you'll be treated fairly. Callus scoffs at it. But I wonder in hindsight if Callus looks back here. I mean, obviously they saved him. But let's say the attempt to save Callus at the end of season three failed in his dying moments. Callus might look back here and say, mm, probably should have gone with, with Zeb, although he doesn't really, you know, earn his place at not being killed or imprisoned and by the rebels. He only earns that by becoming Fulcrum. Now, here we go. Right. He's saying I, he, he's saying I basically bragged about, you know, I, I was, I wasn't the, he, he's, this is a great delivery by David Oyelowo here and great writing. He's not saying I'm not responsible for what happened and what I did. Short for Garazab, I know. Here's the bond. Um, but he is saying, you know, 
not only do I regret what happened on Lasan, but you know, I shouldn't have bragged about taking credit for it because it's not something I, that should be taking credit for. But he's also saying, you know, it, it, I, I wasn't necessarily the only guy, which I think Zeb knew already. He just felt he was through a bu- uh, full of bullshit. So you know, they I guess they just sort of cut the shit in their this part of the relationship. They both know that 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 Callus is is culpable, and they both know that Callus was also just following orders, and it wasn't even this senior when it happened. It, you know, one would imagine, considering how long ago it took place, um, and they're just leveling. Oh, here's the uh, the yeah, the uh, Chinese kung fu salute right there. He smiles at him. And this is the key here. I always talk about, you know, this the the episodes where Kanan's kind of being a dick, like w- when they first meet Rex, you know. It's not that Ezra and everyone is specifically trying to make Kanan feel bad, but there's, you know, their developing relationship with Rex, for example, Kanan's heart just like slowly melts because he's like, man, everyone I love is starting to like and trust this guy. They're not intentionally guilt tripping him. And this is a similar thing going on here where... You know, they're not playing. They don't even know Callus is there. So that's just them being warm with, with each other. And Callus is like, oh my God, I don't have that. Admiral Constantine, this is the first time he ever tries to connect on a human level for like a second with another officer. He's completely ignored. No one cares that he's injured. And he goes to his cold, dark room with the cot. No decorations, no friends, no family, no love. In this one piece of warmth, that's, and he just sits. He just sits. I love this. He just sits and thinks. My God, what have I done with my life? Oh, it's so beautiful. It's just a beautiful episode. It's it's an episode that you can't possibly appreciate on first watching. Um, and, and just gets better both with rewatches, but also obviously to see how it, this all plays out and that he really turns callous. Now, by the time I was watching this. I don't know if I knew that Callus had become Fulcrum and was switching sides. I kind of felt like they weren't going to go three, four plus seasons of Rebels with David Oyelowo being just a one-dimensional bad guy. And so when I saw this, knowing the, the brilliant, acclaimed actor um, that David Oyelowo is playing the role, I felt like, okay, there must be more to this character that we're going to get and we're going to see. And, and obviously we do um, going forward. But even if not, it's a beautiful episode of two two people on different sides of a war being for, you know, you, you, we've seen this in fiction and on film, you know, like where you'll see like, a, you know, a Nazi and an allied soldier stuck together somewhere and, and they're forced to consider each other's circumstance and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's... <laughs> On the one hand, you, 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 whether it's an imperial or rebel here, or whether it's you know a Nazi and allied soldier, you know as a watcher who you're siding with, and they do the right thing. It makes Zeb the better person across the board, even though he you know softens a little bit. Um, but the one, but Zeb is is fully confident in what he's doing with his life and his mission, and clearly Callus is not. When it you know for twelve hours or whatever it was with this big purple monster 
who he murdered the, this big purple monster's people, but that's pretty much all it takes. And then seeing the, the the rebels' family love one another, and his lack of having any human connection or emotional stimulation really in his life, it's amazing. More Imperials don't go through this. And I'm so glad they explore it, and they explore it in the Lost Stars book, and we, you know, we see it with Finn, as I mentioned. I mean, we do see it with some characters, but it would be great to see them explore this more. And, you know, obviously what I love about Rogue One, and I'll lead out of this one, because the next episode is Ahsoka, baby, um, uh, the Jedi Temple, um, is, you know, Rogue One complicates the rebellion. It shows you they're bad people in the rebellion, and that, that they will kill and murder and assassinate and sabotage and so forth, um, which is what Saw Gerrera wants to do. Although the, the message in Rebels is we still need to be ruthless, uh, or I should say we still need to be no holds barred against the Empire, but we have to, you know, not be ruthless to the point of, of killing civilians when we can. But, you know, when you get into the comic books post-Episode 4, the mainline Star Wars comic books, and you see Leia zeal against the empire and she you know she even says like i would allow alderaan to blow up over and over again if it meant helping the the greater cause um you know it's 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 never cut and dry and the fact that Jin urso to everything saguero has done and put her through i mean he did protect her but he also put her through some horrible things as, as a girl and a teenager and then kind of ditched her when it got too too dangerous still at the very end in the pump-up speech to the rogue one the extended rogue one crew with their on scarif she quotes sagrera and you know i i i love that they bring saw back in season four because i had talked about in season three in the initial meeting with saw that i thought that ezra and or sabine would sympathize with saw and they do and but they don't really you know like it takes saw blowing up a station with civil knowing that they're civilians and, and not wanting to save civilians to turn ezra and sabine it's kind of against his way of doing things but ezra and sabine are very practical and they're younger and they see how much work needs to be done in the rebellion and they're sick of doing stupid missions and not not taking the fight to the the empire and and so you know saw uh, as a revolutionary figure makes a lot of mistakes and is a bad person at times or just a general depending on your perspective and so rogue one really helped complicate it from the rebel side here you know they're, they're complicating the imperials through callus because he's pretty much the only one in the entire rebel series that this is the case. So thank you so much for joining me. That was a fun little postscript. I haven't really been doing too much of those. Amazing performance by Steve Blum as Zeb, and of course David Oyelowo as Agent Callis. In the next episode, it's Shroud of Darkness, baby. Caden, Ezra, and Ahsoka return to the Lothal Jedi Temple to find out how the Inquisitors have continually been able to track them down. Thanks so much for joining me. You guys have been awesome. I've been the Bizzle. I'll be back at you soon, but for now, the Bizzlecast is out.